Girlfriends, episode number 11, Notes from a Sickie. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Thanks for being here this week. Um, This week, I'm coming to you from the land of the flu, because that's where I've been living for a week. Pretty sure you can hear it in my voice. This winter in New Hampshire has been epic because we've gotten so little snow and we've had such warm weather. The ice barely froze on the lake here in our little town in the middle of New Hampshire. And yet it's been epic, epically sick, at least for me and for my family. Um, When I say I have the flu, I do not toss that word around lightly. I respect the destructive power of influenza and I know what it is and I know when I have it. And I definitely have for the last week suffered from the flu here in this house. Um, Because my husband is a little bit psycho and quarantined me and has been taking care of me, but very much limiting my contact to the rest of the family. I'm the only person who's gotten sick in my house. Um, Thankfully, uh, my son who has cystic fibrosis, Ambrose, who's, uh, it's a chronic lung illness. So he would be really, really jeopardized by being exposed to the flu. And we put him on Tamiflu right away, or his doctors did. So he's been okay. But I've been suffering all by myself in my room for the past week. And I wanted to do a great podcast this week. I had great plans where I was going to share what I mentioned last week, Sarah Reinhart's comments from, um, you know, to the young widow that she had to share that were really very touching. And I just don't feel like I can do it. I don't feel like I'm up for it. I'm not physically up for it. You probably don't want to hear my voice for that long. So anyway, um, I'm just going to give you just a a few little things that I've thought about during this past week while I've been holed up here, um, kind of suffering through the flu, which honestly, you can go ahead and feel bad for me. I'll take it. But the fact is, because I had a flu shot this year, this has not been as bad as previous times when I've suffered from the flu. And I really think that's a big part of why the rest of my family has managed to remain healthy despite the flu being in the house. I'm a huge fan of flu shots. You won't convince me otherwise. Go ahead and send me all the emails and voicemails and whatever you want, but you will not convince me otherwise. I respect the power of influenza. I have suffered from it many times and my family has, and we will always get the shot. Anyway, I've managed to uh, keep up my work for the most part because I work from home. I could take meds and kind of prop myself up and do emails and whatnot. I had to cancel a few phone calls just because I had no voice. I had to cancel a, a radio interview because... I had no voice. It's a very troubling thing. And I think that we all experience this, especially us moms who are used to being in control of things. Um, We used to being in charge of our own, at least our own households and our kids and what can and can't happen. And when we have those kinds of limits imposed upon us, it's really difficult sometimes. So one of the things that I noted about this week was, first of all, that I'm the only person, and I suspected this was true, but this has confirmed it for me. I am the only person in my entire household, who sweeps a floor. Okay, it's true. I, 
this was a little experiment because, of course, I was upstairs in my room. I haven't been sweeping floors. And sweeping floors is really important in our house because we have mostly hardwood floors. So if you're not sweeping them, the floors get very gritty. We also don't have that take your shoes off at the door rule. I just could never get behind it. And we live, you know, in the great outdoors. So the great outdoors are always coming into our great indoors. Anyway, without regular sweeping, you know, you quickly get a layer of sand on these floors. And every time I ventured downstairs and, uh, you know, just even just on the stairs, so much sand, so much grit, so much dirt. Anyway, so that confirmed it for me. My family was great about doing everything, though. They, you know, they handled meal planning, packing their own lunches, um, you know, cleaning up the kitchen at the end of the day, handled laundry. So I'm really not complaining, but I am going to give myself that little pat on the back. I thought I was the only person who was ever sweeping a floor. And now that has been confirmed. The next thing that I noticed this week while I've been sick is how much I need my own mom, how much we need a mom, not just when we're sick, but we all need that. I think in our everyday lives, even if you don't have your own mom, someone who's going to mom you for you, someone who's going to look out for you. It's a natural role that I think we women play for one another, but it's important. And, you know, I, in texting with one of my sisters, she set some boundaries for me on what I was and wasn't allowed to do this week. I also realized by the time I finally went to the doctor this weekend, because I just could not stop coughing, I knew I didn't need an antibiotic, but I needed something to make me stop coughing. Turned out that was narcotics. I just needed some codeine and that really made a difference. Anyway, when I went to the doctor and um, she said to me, it was a nurse practitioner actually named Brandy, who I really liked. She was great. And I really thought, hey, this is somebody I could be friends with. But how do you make that happen when you're like a patient with the flu drooling, you know, on, on, on this paper pillow and she's checking your, your blood pressure? I mean, she just seemed like she really had it together, but probably a toddler would look like he really has it together to me right now. Anyway, I really liked Brandy. And she said to me, so what have you been eating? And I was like, oh, um, I think I had half a banana a couple of mornings ago. And I was being honest, like, seriously, that's all I could remember eating. And it's because I didn't have my mom here telling me to eat like I would be doing with one of my kids. Anyway, I survived that. Um, the third thing I want to mention that I have realized from the sickbed here is that I don't actually love my dog, Apollo, as much as I thought I did. Those of you who connect with me on Instagram, you might be familiar with all of my lovey-dovey photos of him. And last summer together, we were both working on um, training him to run on a leash with me and how much fun that's been, how much I do love that dog. I have those hashtags, Team Apollo, his name's Apollo, and Best Baby Dog. I do love that dog. But when I don't feel good, I don't want that dog around me. I don't want him in my face asking me for attention. He's so needy. And I remembered my toddlers being like that when I didn't feel well, and I could always get past it and love him up. I cannot do that for the dog. So there are limits to my love for Apollo, something else we discovered from the sickbed this week. And then finally, the last thing that I discovered from my sickbed this week was I've given a lot of thought to people who suffer much more serious illnesses than the flu, like I've suffered it this past week. There are a lot of people who suffer chronic illnesses, much more serious illnesses, even moms who have families who are suffering terribly. And it's so important that we remember these people. It's so important that we remember them in prayer 
And remember to offer up our everyday little tiny nothing sacrifices. You know, oh, you're out of Diet Coke. Oh, the world's going to end. You know what? There, there's a mom who's suffering terribly in her everyday life, isn't able to live her family life the way that she would choose to because she is seriously ill. It's important to remember those people. And I find that, you know, my everyday kind of illnesses are a good reminder of that. So that's all. Those are all the things I want to share with you this week because I'm pretty sure you're already tired of listening to my voice and I'm already going to have to shut down and have a coughing fit. So hold on just a sec. There, that's better. Anyway, let's all remember to pray for those who are chronically ill, to remember them. And then even just to remember to offer up our everyday sufferings. You know, I find that sometimes when something a little bit more dramatic and out of the blue happens in my life that causes me to suffer, I often will give new thought to that idea that we need to be offering up our everyday sacrifices and uniting them with Jesus's, that they become infinitely powerful in that way, even if it's just a little something that you're suffering in your day, that it has infinite worth if you offer it up with that right, prayerful, generous attitude of wanting to unite it with the suffering of Christ. So that's all I have for you this week. I do have an interview to share with you that I previously recorded that I did with the awesome Maria Johnson, and I'm sure you're going to love it just as much as I loved talking with her. So I'm going to stop talking now go back and get me some narcotics. I'm pretty sure I'll be feeling better next week. And um, I hope you enjoy the interview. Hey, girlfriends, who are we talking to this week? It's time for an interview. everyone. It's a pretty lovely day here at Girlfriends because the pretty lovely Maria Johnson is here to talk with us. I've known and loved Maria for years now through connections online on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, she's at B-E-G-O, Bego. Do you say Bego, Maria? Yeah, it's Bego. Okay. So she's Bego on Twitter. You're going to want to check her out. She's one of my favorite follows. And she's one of the loveliest and most inspiring women you'll ever have the opportunity to meet. Maria is also a joyful wife, and she's a mom to three grown children. She's a college literature and composition professor, blogger, and writer. Her first book, My Badass Book of Saints, Courageous Women Who Showed Me How to Live, was published by Ave Maria last November. Welcome, Maria. I'm so glad you're here. Wow. It's such a pleasure to be here. Thanks. Just and, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm so glad that you could make the time. And, you know, I'm, I'm so, I've been watching your book launch and the success of that book. And it's just, it makes me laugh every time because I think you titled it that just to make people like me say badass on our shows. Uh, I've, I've gotten a couple of people to say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you got me. Um, funny story. I don't think I did tell you this. You know, um, Ave Maria in Catholic Digest ran an ad with that book prominently featured. And, Uh-oh. um, yeah, we heard from a few of our, old lady readers <laughs> that they did not care for that book being and you know they didn't even look at what the content of the book was because if they did they wouldn't have complained it's actually a, a beautiful book that um you know so many women have really connected with and it's been a little bit of a phenomenon with the um the, the glasses the sunglasses that women have been wearing on social media to promote the book's cover yeah um, been that's some fun with that it's been so fun to watch but so you know some people don't if you happen to be a little bit of a prude, and, and I'm going to call my own self a prude, don't let that title put you off. It's a book with beautiful content that will really inspire you. Oh, thank you. You know, my mother's still crying over that title. So. <laughs> 
Well, you know what? Sometimes we have to scandalize our parents. You know? <laughs> I remember in one of my books, I think it was Mom to Mom. It was just kind of like a you know woman to woman advice kind of book, and there was nothing scandalous in there. But I did I did mention S E X, you know, Uh-oh. and um, but in, in a way, like talking about you know as a part of marriage, um, how can you talk about marriage and not talk about that? Anyway, my dad was horrified. <laughs> Dad, you could have skipped the chapter, okay? (laughs) I'm going to be putting this stuff out there and connect with people in a real way, and maybe you don't want it, you know? And I also feel that way doing a show called Girlfriends, because you know what, guys, if you're listening, that's fine. Go ahead and listen, but do not tell us you're listening. And if you're scandalized by the way we share on Girlfriends, don't tell us that either. You ain't got no right to say that. Well, it's all fun. It's all good fun. And, and, you know, it's really about building relationships and having things to talk about. So, right. So important. All right. Well, Maria, let's get right into our questions. We ask the same questions every time. And I'm always inspired by the things we have in common and then those things that make us different. So, the first question we have is Can you tell us about a time when you succeeded, when you felt like you really triumphed, whether it was in your work or your personal life? Well, you know what? I'm going to tell you about my my personal life and with my children because I have grown children who are out of the out of the house. Mm-hmm. And I think that for me, the greatest moment of I wouldn't call it triumph so much as maybe a little bit of relief and and a lot of gratitude. Mm-hmm. And that is when I have these conversations with my children who I actually enjoy spending time with. Right? Weird. At, right. <laughs> <laughs> these young adults that are just wonderful little people, and and I hear, and I hear their maturity. Mm-hmm. You know, I hear that they're going to be okay, and and uh, that they're you know staying close to the values that we gave them, and that they want to be better human beings, and that they want to. Um, so not all of them are as close to the Lord as I'd like for them to be, mm-hmm. uh, and yet, uh, you know, an openness. And and I'm like, okay, they're going to be all right. Oh, the kids are all right. That is, yeah. That's so encouraging. I know a lot of <laughs> listeners here at Girlfriends are moms of really young children. And I remember that particular phase in my life where you do wonder, I mean, you're struggling so much just to get through the day to day and looking ahead, it feels so daunting. Like, mm-hmm. how am I ever going to get to that place? So it's really encouraging to hear from a, a seasoned mom like you, Maria, that mm-hmm. can actually have had that feeling of, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be a triumph, but a satisfaction and yeah. uh, a kind of comfort and, and confidence in, you know, all right, all right, that did work out. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so many times we, we, we beat ourselves up with fears beforehand that oh, sure. we have no business doing because we don't, we don't know it till we're there. And looking back in retrospect like that and having a sense of satisfaction is huge. So amazing triumph. And may we all get there in whatever way God has planned for us. Amen. Yeah. All right. Well, how about, can you tell us about a mistake that you once made? These are my favorite. Because, the mistakes? <laughs> well, the thing is, <laughs> we need to, you know, we need to do this more often as, when women get together. I think one of the most beautiful things we can do when we get together as women is be vulnerable with one another. And be like, I often find in a group, uh, I'll be the first person to like say, hey, you know what, I'm actually terrible at this thing, you know, or I'm, I'm really messing this part of my life up right now. And when you do that, the floodgates open, you know, people oh, yeah. feel like, oh, me too. They just were afraid to say so. So what, what kind of experience have you had where you felt like you made a mistake, Maria? And what did you learn from that mistake? Well, uh, I dropped one of the kids on her head once, but I, that's not what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> and she's all right. You already said <laughs> she, she's, she's okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, 
so this mistake happened to me in a, in a professional setting. Um, I was coaching basketball. I was coaching a girls' basketball team. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just totally, totally lost my head. And I yelled at a ref out oh. of control. And I pulled the kid out of the game. And I had, like, one of those tantrums that you see on TV. Uh-huh. And I'm like, did I really just, did I do this? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was, you know, and it was like in the middle of it, everything turns into like technicolor. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, man, Maria, you're losing your mind right here in front of these teenagers. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> they might have been loving it. <laughs> <laughs> They've been terrified. <laughs> it was so unlike me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. You know, I think I was pregnant at the time. I'm not going to blame oh, it on A pregnant, hormones. ranting woman at a basketball game. I mean... <laughs> Did this make the evening news? I- <laughs> it was all over school the next day. Um, no, it was it was uh, one of my less stellar moments mm-hmm. in uh, in in my profession, and um, you know I just I totally lost it that day, and um, I could probably point my finger at a number of stressors that I had, but that's not an excuse, right? And um, it was really quite humbling to come back and, and apologize to those children, to those mm-hmm. you know young adults, right? And um, and to my colleagues. And it was just a, uh, it was just a terrible lesson yeah. in in you know not having self control and and you know, uh, but the the humility of of having to go back and 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 apologize. Yeah. Uh, I think it was a good lesson for me, and it, it probably turned out to be a good lesson for some of those kids too. Sure, you know that uh, that we mess up sometimes quite royally, mm-hmm. and uh, and that there can still be some kind of grace in there somewhere. For sure, you know. Sometimes I think that's one of the greatest gifts that we can give to our kids or the young people in our lives is that example of here's me screwing up in a major way, <laughs> and here's me handling it afterwards you know coming coming to terms with it owning it saying i'm sorry making amends um that that those are the most powerful lessons i think we can teach our kids more so than if everything's bright and shiny happy and perfect all the time that because we all have those kinds of failings in our lives and i love that you shared that you might have been pregnant because (laughs) i think many of us can relate to that because whether you're pregnant or not as, as a woman in in all the different stages of your life like hormones sometimes sometimes a lot of the times rule the day and, yeah, and that's, that's true very challenging and it can be very challenging in certain times of your life where you're tempted to be more emotional or um you know irrational even i can distinctly remember times i don't know if i was pregnant or not whatever was going on with me hormonally it was a hormonal thing but i remember losing it like losing it in the way that you just described uh whether it was with my husband or with my kids and in the moment even thinking to myself this makes no sense but yeah I, that's I need the worst to do it anyway it. I have to do it. Like that's the worst of it. You're having that outer body experience watching yourself and you're like, "What? What am I doing?" <laughs> Take a moment here. Need to do it. Got to do it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, the no worst. Absolutely. But, you know, like you said, the lessons that we learned from that and, you know, in me looking back at those times where I've lost it in that way that's unfair and I I can recognize it, then I'm I'm because of that experience a little more likely after the the fact to humbly ask for forgiveness, but also in future times, recognize the, the triggers, the, the, the signs that that impending thing's about to happen. And that's something that only can come with life experience. It's true. 
All right, Maria. Um, I, I love the varied responses we get <laughs> to these questions. It's awesome. So the awesome diversity of the, the women God created. All right. So what's the best advice you've ever received? Who gave it to you and how do you try to implement it? Well, this one actually is a result of that tantrum. Um, uh-huh. it, it was advice from my, from my father who, who, um, who passed away a couple of years ago, but he, you know, he still law, lives on definitely in this advice. And, and I tell my kids all the time, they all know the story too. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said six, he said to me, six months from now, no one's going to remember this. <laughs> and, and, and I thought, you know, it, it, there was, I mean, there was more to our conversation than, than just that, you know, pithy little statement, sure. but, but, you know, it, it was really about being able to forgive myself. Mm-hmm. You know, because I couldn't, you know, I, I didn't want to go to work the next day. You know, I, I know, didn't want to, right. uh, you know, I didn't want to uh, interact with those kids <laughs> so soon. Just go after. hide in a cave somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, sometimes when I make a mistake and, 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 I, and I think about it or when I'm struggling, you know, with something or when I've hurt somebody inadvertently, you know, I don't go out of my way to hurt people, of course. Right. Um, you know, six months from now, you know, people aren't going to remember. Um, you know, so I need to be able to forgive myself and, and let it go. And, right. you know, I, I guess a, a whole part of this whole conversation is also, you know, the whole, the whole sacrament of reconciliation that we, you know, that we have available for ourselves. Right. Um, but, you know, six months from now, who's going to remember? That's great perspective because whether it's just, you know, something that you're embarrassed of or mm-hmm. something that was just horrific or, a, a, you know, a failure even of, I know I've felt this before, a failure, you know, that's embarrassing to your family in some kind of a way that mm-hmm. that gives you the best perspective. And it reminded me of um, advice that uh, a family member gave to me once, which was, other people aren't thinking about you as much as you think they're thinking about you. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and and it, that's helpful to remember, too, that people are generally wired to be self-focused and they're aware of their surroundings and their perspective. And the very little bit that they might pay attention to you, it, it's pretty limited. And in times when we're struggling in that way, where we're feeling very humiliated by something and ashamed, that that can be helpful to kind of give you perspective. Like, you know what? I'm super focused on this thing, but nobody else is that um and in six months they definitely won't be so great advice from your dad i love that he's reaching out through the generations now sharing with girlfriends his wise mm-hmm. words of advice so ask yourself that ladies in a moment of struggle six months from now who's going to care about this nobody nobody's going to care so great advice all right maria we're i don't want to run out of time here so Let's move on to your lightning round. Are you All ready right. for this? I love it. I love. I'm ready. We're getting our our Cuban lady here. For our <laughs> <laughs> You're the first Cuban to do it. <laughs> All right, representing. Representing. All right. Here we go. Sixty seconds of Maria Johnson's lightning round on girlfriends. Maria, what is one thing we will always find in your purse? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> lipstick <laughs> a number of people said that i've got to get all the shades so we can share them with everybody all right what's the craziest homework excuse you've ever gotten from a student oh my gosh oh i some of them i can't even say <laughs> <laughs> let's let it go with that all right all right adults you'll have to buy her next book to get that inside story all right so last year you famously and epically took a selfie with pope francis I did. you were right up close to him tell me what does he smell like 
Oh my gosh, he was smelled he like holy. No, he smelled like Cuban coffee. No he had way! just had he had just had lunch. Oh, this is perfect. Oh, Pope Francis, I love you. Great. <laughs> smells like Cuban coffee. Okay, um real quick, what was the last movie you saw and was it thumbs up or thumbs down? Oh my gosh, it was right. the, the, I saw I just saw it on Netflix or or on demand or something. Mm-hmm. Uh the galaxy thing of the little monsters in space, the little <laughs> You know what? A, I have no idea what you're galaxy. talking about. You don't know what I'm talking about. No. Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, okay. Yes, my kids saw that. Did you love it? Up, it was, up down, up. up. The nice. music was awesome. Enjoyable. All right. Well, you survived. That's it. You did it. Great job. And we found out a little bit more about you and a little bit more about Pope Francis. So you never know what's going to come out of these lightning rounds. Always Too much fun. Good information. So. <laughs> All of my curiosities have been um, resolved now. Well, Maria, I, I really want to thank you for being here and for taking the time to talk with us. And just, you know, real quick before we go, maybe you could just share with us, you had this book come out. What are you working on now? What are, you, what are your plans for like the coming year and what are you excited about? Oh, wow. Well, I'm so excited. I, I'm retiring at the end of this term, so I'll be done in April. Congratulations. Once I turn yeah, it's such a the 30-year career as an educator. And uh, I'm going to be picking up writing full time. I'm going to be wow. retiring with my husband to a new location by the ocean, and I will be writing and writing and writing. Oh, and the world will be blessed for that. That is wonderful. But you know what? You say you're retiring from education, but it's my experience. Once a teacher, always a teacher. So yeah, you, you can't get the chalk <laughs> dust out of the blood. <laughs> you're still going to be a teacher, okay? Just like you're always a mom. You're a mom and a teacher and a writer. Right. Oh, I love that. Well, thank you so much for taking the time here with us on Girlfriends. And God bless you in all you do. I'm looking forward to all that's going to come out of the, the fruits of your labor in the coming year, Maria. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you. It was a pleasure. All right. God bless you. And there you have it. I told you Maria Johnson was wonderful to listen to. Certainly more wonderful than listening to me with this raspy voice right now. So that's all I've got to share with you this week. I'm not going to do any of our regular things like our shout out and thanking people for reviews. All that can wait till next week. I'm sure I'll be feeling well enough to do a complete episode next week. So thanks for sticking in there for this week's short episode. I'm glad you were here. I'm glad I could share Maria with you. I'm glad I could share with you some notes from my sick bed. And, um, you know, as always, give me feedback at Danielle at DanielleBean.com or leave me some voicemail feedback. That's what makes me the happiest. Go to DanielleBean.com and click that leave voicemail on the right sidebar. A few people did that this past week and it made my day. I'll be sharing what they had to say in the coming weeks, okay? So thanks a lot for being here. I really appreciate you spending some time here with me at Girlfriends each week. It means so much. So until next week, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a Danielle Bean production. Know your worth. Find your joy.